On Friday, the state government announced its response to Coroner Ros Fogliani's inquest into Aboriginal youth suicides in the Kimberley region. We'll get on to some of the detail in a moment, Megan, but what was your overall reaction to the policy announcements on Friday by Aboriginal Affairs Minister Ben Wyatt? I was really disappointed by the announcement. It does not reflect the grim reality. It's taken over a year for this to occur, for this public announcement to happen, and even then they've conflated the spend, the Aboriginal spend. I'm afraid for our people. In between that year of it... Sorry, from when Fogliani first handed down the report to the announcement which was made on Friday, there's been many, many people that have lost their lives. There are people at the coalface doing the work, working in suicidality, dealing with the challenges on a daily basis. What I saw on Friday with the announcement, with the, um, the conflating of the Aboriginal spend, it's clearly de- deceitful to the um, to the community. It's deceitful in a number of ways, and it's very misleading. What does what hope does it really give to our people that suffering suicidality on a day, daily basis? It goes to the heart of this. When there's fourteen thousand people on a wait list with Department of Housing, and that equates to forty thousand people homeless or houseless, where is that being addressed? Why aren't there enough homes for people to go home to? That is a that is a major disappointment and a miscarriage of justice, human rights principles and violations for all our people, whether black, white or brown, to have their own homes. But in terms of $32 million that was allocated for suicides in Western Australia, when the suicide rate is increasing year after year after year, that is clearly not enough. Now, it sounded like a really big announcement, $266 million. That's not. The grim reality will suggest otherwise, and that's exactly what we're experiencing on a daily basis. So in terms of that announcement, I'm utterly, I'm bitterly disappointed because it fails to take into account the grim reality of what our people are facing. $200 million for remote communities when there's 282 communities. Now, these are essential services. Every child, every person has the right to enjoy a school, has the right to enjoy a park, has the right to enjoy PCYC activities, has the right to be supported through times of need. This announcement does not do our people in Western Australia justice. It does not do justice for the Aboriginal people and especially with the emergency Gascoigne people where it is known that there is one part-time psychologist in the whole of the emergency Gascoigne. One. Yet they've got the highest suicide rates in the nation. So unless they can tell me how that's going to equate to helping the families, the community the Geraldton Regional Aboriginal Medical Service to deal with the demand of the people that the, um, the Murchison Gascoigne have, I'm not truly convinced that this package is worth the paper that it's written on. We extend down to Noongar Country. Down here in Noongar Country, Western Australia, there are a lot of people who are in hardship, who are struggling. The voices of the people, they must prevail, and that's what needs to happen. They need to listen to the people that's being affected by this suicidality. And if they don't, things will get worse.
Just on one point that you're raising there, Megan, in terms of it's quite misleading, isn't it, some of the funding announcements? Because one of the more, more bizarre things Wyatt uh, talked about on Friday was the provision of $200 million to continue basic services in remote communities. Now, surely that should be taken as, as given that those uh, remote communities receive those essential services anyway, and yet he announced it as if it was some kind of special funding package. Well, that's exactly right. It's been packaged together like it's suicide prevention, but in fact it's conflating the actual Aboriginal spend. In terms of remote communities, what we have is 282 remote communities throughout Western Australia. The the package announcement of the 200 million for the communities, what's that going to do with 282 remote communities? And that's over five years, if anything. And I've said this in the in the news as well. If anything, the remote communities should have been given a half a billion dollars over a period of two years, not the five years, because it needs to have a profound impact. And it needs to be able to reach and translate to tangible outcomes for the families that are experiencing some of the challenges. The swimming pools, access to parks, access to footy ovals, netball courts, the bare basic central services, that is something that all us Australians, everyone is entitled to. And that's a fundamental human right. So what we're saying in terms of $200 million for communities, it's clearly not enough and it's basically going to be drip-fed to communities and therefore not have any profound impact. And there's not going to be any consistency in between the 282 communities. And as you've also mentioned, Megan, the devil is in the detail, isn't it? Because that $32 million in funding that was announced by Ben White for a new statewide suicide prevention action plan, that's not dedicated specifically to assisting Aboriginal communities, it does include $3 million for expanded mental health services, but then again, there's a question mark over where that money will really go. So, I mean, it sounds like you're not convinced that that's enough funding and maybe the funding won't go to the right areas. So do you think it is going to lead to an improvement in in the level and and quality of services? $32 million, that is for all Australians over a period of five years. Last year, we had a substantial amount of people that passed away, black, white and brown, our dear souls, taken as suicides. Now, effectively, what is that going to do for the most marginalised and vulnerable vulnerable people of this community? With the National Suicide Prevention Trauma Recovery Project, we're working at the coalface. We're seeing the issues in terms of suicidality, sexual abuse, domestic violence, homelessness, Centrelink issues, and the list goes on. Now, the $32 million... Really, what is that going to do over a five-year period? Basically, it's just going to be drip-fed. And sadly, the people who are most marginalised, the people that are most vulnerable and susceptible to suicides or suicidality, in my opinion, and I'm saying this at the cold face, it's not going to make a profound difference. Today, already, I've had 10 phone calls from people, people that are struggling with life, people that are struggling to, you know, just get by. So the $32 million, unless it can basically have have some profound impact on the people that we're representing, the people that we're supposed to look out for, the people whose lives that we're supposed to support, in my opinion, it doesn't go go far. Now, it's worth uh, mentioning at this moment that if you are suffering mental distress and you're feeling in despair, please do um, seek uh, mental health services and and, and Lifeline because it's obviously very distressing a subject matter to talk about and, and talking about distressing things, Megan, let's go back for a moment to the actual crisis that, um, th- let's go back to the actual crisis that gave rise to the coroner's inquest in the, in, in the first place. You had a, a cluster of 13 youth suicides in the Kimberley 
very young children, as young as 10, I believe even younger, uh, committing suicide. So can you address that actual crisis? And of course, it's not just in the, in the Kimberley. I mean, what are the factors that, um, that you think have, have led to that, to that suicide crisis in the Kimberley and, and also elsewhere? It's related to the, the original sin, and that is the colonisation. There's a correlation in terms of intergenerational trauma, sexual abuse, domestic violence, homelessness. The main issue here is poverty. It's a poverty narrative in terms of suicidality, and there's a correlation between the suicides that have occurred with, um, with, with poverty. What's, what's actually needed and what's missed and it's missed every single time, is the outreach. The aggressive, assertive outreach into people's homes. That's not there. You need to be there for people. You need to be able to... If if someone's having a problem, they should be able to contact a person. Work doesn't finish at... Even though some places work finishes at 5 o'clock, you're going to get phone calls 10, 11, 12 at night, sometimes 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. People don't have anyone to reach out to. Now, if you're thinking about telephone calls and so forth, people need people. A lot of people, a lot of Aboriginal people that I'm speaking about, a lot of our families, they're not bringing some of the services that currently are there in terms of the telephone contact services. One thing that I, that's clearly missed is the outreach, the outreach into the, into the communities. The people, the people support. No doubt, and it's it's a crisis that requires extraordinary resourcing. Finally, Megan Cracker, Ben Wyatt uh, also declared on Friday that, and I quote: "The overwhelming message we've received is that this has to be done in concert with Aboriginal people. This is something that requires all areas of government to respond." Are you confident or are you sceptical that this is going to be a community-led process or that at the very least the government really will act in concert with Aboriginal people? I've been sceptical. I am am sceptical. The reason being is because Aboriginal people, those affected by suicide, those affected by domestic violence, those affected by incarceration, their voices have been suppressed. Their voices have been suppressed so as not to include them in this conversation. We're looking at Aboriginal people all across this state. Down here in Noongar country, the goldfields in Wongai country, the Yamaji country, whereby there is the highest suicide rate, not only in Western Australia, but indeed across the nation, they've been suppressed from these conversations. The people who have been affected, if they're not including these conversations, it's going to go nowhere because that's if, it's like this. If you want to be able to fix and address an issue, you need to know the extent of the problem. The extent of the problem can only be given by the voices of the people and the experiential. That's what's missing from this conversation.